This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome in to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, This is a unique podcast. Uh, that uh, is available outside of the normal show. If you if you've never heard of the Rick and Bubba show, and somehow you've just found this podcast, uh, I would encourage you to go to Rick and Bubba. Spell out the word and dot com. Find out all the different ways you can actually catch the full show. You're only thirty years behind. You're only thirty years behind. We're we're literally twenty nine years <laughs> and four months into this. But thank you for joining us. So Bubba, today, uh, you know, you and I, we have to approach our guest today with our our hat in our hand a little bit. Um, I, I, Sean of the South, um, is, is a, is a, is a, is a national treasure is what he is. And so I didn't know that. And, and so I, I was sitting around with a friend of mine and he's, he's going on and on about Sean of the South. And, and I said, uh, you talking about the guy on the commercials? And and he was like, yeah. He goes, I said, well, why are you obsessed with a guy that's doing insurance commercials? And, and, and he was like. You you don't know Sean of the South, and and I was like, I, I mean, I know that, and I've heard this. That's who that is, right? And he goes, and I felt you ever had somebody look at you like you're a loser, oh, and yeah. you missed something, I, Rick. I see and, that quite a bit. Yeah, and and I was like, what what? He goes, you you've never been to one of his shows, you've never read any of his writing, no. I I I, I mean, I, I and then I that that started the journey, and then I go to church, and my and my pastor. Comes up to me and says, "You know something? I'm, I'm thinking about trying. I think you and Sean of the South, uh, and and we are to get. Uh, I'm gonna take Debbie, my wife, and you get Sherry and Sean and his wife. I'm gonna try to set up time for us to go have dinner. Y'all need to meet each other. I think y'all have a lot in common. And I'm like, Lord, are you wanting me to meet Sean of the South? And Bubba, today's the day. Sean Dietrich is uh, our guest. Welcome to Rick and Bubba University. Sean Dietrich, better known." Is Sean of the South. Man, I have been waiting 29 and a half years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> this thing lately with you and, and, and this show, I don't know what's going on, but today's the beginning, I think. I, I, I'm excited about it. When I walked in and I saw a big boy in the corner, I know. What I knew I was meant to be here. What, what, what a day. I'm well, thinking. It, Sean, I think it started the first time that I remember seeing you was on a Alpha commercial. That's was it. that right? Yeah. yeah. And then we thought you were on another commercial, <laughs> but, too. But you said you but you're saying that ain't you. No, that ain't me. I'm, uh, I've been told a lot that I look like the guy from Jax, but I until this morning, I didn't know that they were telling me I looked like the guy from Jax. People say, I saw you in the Jax commercials, and I realized, and I just nod in agreement thinking they were talking about Alpha, and I realized <laughs> this morning that, that Jax has been trying to get Sean 2.0. <laughs> I, I think they found a lookalike. I think so. Yeah, and but but I, I don't know that. But but anyway, so the the whole pursuit of this has been quite interesting. Uh, because people everywhere think that that your platform and this platform belong together. Well, hey, so today's the day. Today is the day. And, and then we look up, knowing we had you booked, and I'm watching, you know, local television out of where our show is located, which is Birmingham, Alabama. And we look up on one of these screens that's in this very studio where we're doing this podcast, and we see you on 
the local morning show for TV <laughs> with Brad Ryan. Yeah, who who we just had on the show this week, three on the string. We yeah. I grew up with Brad Ryan, Brad Ryan. He and his dad and Bobby Horton and and Andy, three on the string. They've been on the show for. 29 years yeah. and four months? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much the whole time. And I'm like, nice hanging out with Brad. Yeah, well, I, I've got bad taste in friends. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I thought to myself, all these things I'd heard about as discernment, I now throw out. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, but, we, we <laughs> also understand you do live events. Yeah, you, we got to figure this out. You, you sing. I mean, tell us. We got to know. What all does Sean do? We don't know because I, I tried to get people to describe you to me. I've even been pestering Brad about it. I said if I go to see Sean say live in a theater, yeah, what what am I what am I doing? What's what, what's happening? Well, I'm not real sure about that. I've right. been trying to figure that out for a while now. Uh, the, the way I started was through my writing. Uh, I've played music since I was a child. I should preface everything by saying that. Uh, but I started with this writing thing. Uh, and then after I had self-published my first book, it was Christmas. Uh, I self-published a book of 150 pages. It was about this thick. It was very thin. Yeah. And uh, I put out online that I was going to give away uh, 150. I printed up 150. And within a few seconds, everybody online uh, who had been reading my stuff bought or asked for a free book. <laughs> They'll do anything when it's free. Yes. And uh, then my wife's phone that same afternoon started dinging. And someone had gotten a hold of her eBay account, figured out how to PayPal her. This is kind of the older days, I guess. Uh, so all of a sudden, I looked at her account, and uh, they had paid for every single book, triple the amount that they were worth. Wow. So I had all this, this money in this account, so I printed more books, and I gave more books away. And that kind of grew and grew it was uh, someone's granddaddy would give a book to someone's other granddaddy and they you know people were actually reading what i was writing the dothan library the houston county library asked me to come and give a talk a few years later and i said um do what <laughs> and what are we what am i gonna be talking about they said well just come do it i turned them down twice she kept wearing me out i went to the dothan library and I thought, uh, it was a tiny room, there were about 10 chairs in there, and a coffee machine. I thought, who's going to come to this? And uh, uh, 10 people arrived, the chairs were taken, and then 10 more people arrived. And then they were standing out on the sidewalk. There were a few hundred people who just showed up. Uh, and I'm up there with a guitar, because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and I said, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and they said, well, just, just play a song. So I played a song, and then I was done, and I said, what, what do you want me to do now? They said, well, tell a story. So I told a story, and uh, that's been about 10 years ago. Ever since then, uh, this thing has grown into being a storytelling and song-telling uh, event, and uh, we've done them in 39 different states and, and met some extraordinary people and we do sing-alongs and stuff which is really interesting because i just did one in connecticut and connecticut i didn't know i bet you're quite the little in connecticut <laughs> little jam I mean, oh yeah. yeah i mean it's like bigfoot i didn't even know they knew who jesus was of connecticut right exactly <laughs> yeah i started i started up there and i did a sing-along and they knew all the words to to gospel tunes i could hardly believe it wow which yeah. song was it uh do lord 
Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do you remember me, oh hey, Lordy? Hey. Do yeah, and they joined right in. Right, right. They sung, vacation Bible they sung school harder. Yeah. They sung harder than the folks in Huntsville. I bet they did. Yeah, people in the persecution will do that. <laughs> Huntsville is just a bunch of Yankees, anyway. right? right. <laughs> but, but so this is how it's been attempted because I'll press people on. No, I need to know what I'm missing yeah. and what I. And I've heard that this has been the, from from my pastor. He said. Picture if Louis Grizzard loved Jesus and had been <laughs> redeemed. I said, okay, I'll take that. Then picture Lewis, picture Andy Griffith and Leon Redbone <laughs> creating one person. Did Brad tell you to say that? Yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, that, that's one. Uh, and, and so it's like you really are kind of a, a combination of a lot of things but when you said they had seen some of my writings when you did the free book, where did they see those writings? Were you doing a blog? Yeah, I. So uh, I have quite a you know uh, sorted past, uh, or I guess you could call me a, a lovable loser. Uh, I dropped out of school when I was in seventh grade, so I quit school altogether after my father died, and uh, because of that, I started working construction, and in construction, uh, you get around people who are kind of uneducated and yeah. uh and rough yeah <laughs> and that was me that was my life that was what was gonna my life was gonna be uh, and i was on a job site one day and a fella who was laying tile with me looked at me and he said i'm a doctor did you know that and i looked at him he's all rough around the edges he had a belt buckle the size of a tractor tire and yeah. two ears that were huge and <laughs> i said if you're a doctor i'm a nurse right and he said, no, I'm not an MD. I'm a PhD. He said, I want you to know that you could do that. You could go to school. And I said, well, I'm a dropout. You know that. He said, you want to know how easy school is, son? He said, school is going and sitting in front of an egotistical maniac who talks to you for one hour solid, remembering enough key phrases to gratify his ego and then regurgitate them onto a piece of paper. And that's college. Oh, that's wisdom. <laughs> Man, I've never heard college put in such a nutshell. And I said, you think I could do it? He said, yes, I do. Well, I had been reading ever since I dropped out of school a lot of books only because I felt uh, I felt it wasn't because I'm smart. Because I felt so isolated yeah. from an educational community. So I I drove that afternoon to my local community college <clears throat> in northwest Florida, which was a um, little college house and mostly double-wide trailers. And uh, I walked in, and I saw this woman behind the counter in the admissions desk, and I said, Ma'am, I'll never forget this. I said, I'd like to go to college. She said, Okay, well, where'd you go to high school? I said, Well, I didn't. And she said, all right, well, where'd you get your GED? I said, well, I didn't. She said, well, then you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, um, I, okay, I had a feeling. So I turned around to walk out the door. Uh, and this, this woman came from the back, and she looked at me and said, uh, there is a way. We have homeschoolers come in all the time, and they have to take a test to prove what they know. And if you take that test, uh, you could get in here. You'd have to do some remedial classes. Uh, because I come from a long line of horse thieves and car salesmen, yeah. <laughs> I said, I'll take it. I'll, yeah. I'll do the test now. So I took a three-hour test, and I just recalled what my cousin Ed Lee said when I was a child. If you don't know the answer on a multiple-choice test, just fill in the bubble C. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I was filling the bubble C, and I made it into college. The first class I took was a literature class. It took me 11 years to get my degree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and I had a lot of fun. Notice we're not laughing. <laughs> no, because no, our I, numbers were very Again, close. our story is <laughs> remarkably close. No wonder close. people think we should hang out. <laughs> yeah. And when I emerged, Bubba I was, and I both should be doctors. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rick, I am. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Bubba yeah. got an honorary uh, doctorate. Yes, he yeah. did. Well, after, the, after community college, I wanted to go to study writing, real writing. Uh, so I enrolled in an institution which shall remain nameless for the purposes of this podcast, yes. but is located on 1600 Florida State University Drive. <laughs> 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 and uh, they made me do an audition. They, they auditioned my work. And uh, as I sat in that, that uh, room, there were 10 professors with black turtlenecks up to their neck and horn room glasses. And uh, they looked at me. And told me flat out, we can't let you into this school. You're an, you're an educational failure. We we can't do it. And it was it was a huge crush to my to everything. Uh, I left the school that uh, that afternoon and felt just as low as I ever did in my life. And that was the night that I posted my very first blog. This was a long story, but I'm this is what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I We're in no rush. Huh? Yeah. I posted my first blog, and uh, since then, it's been a nonstop hayride for me. That was the beginning of the rest of my life. So being turned down was really a, a blessing. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Sean of the South when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So Sean Dietrich, uh, Sean of the South, is is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So you you drop out of school. You were working construction. You had somebody with a PhD say you could get a college education. You get into the local college. But then, when you go to uh, you know this this college that turned you down, that will remain nameless, right? That was located on Florida State University Parkway. <laughs> um, but you you then wrote your first blog. Did did you did you even know what a blog was? No, did I you? didn't. There was uh, some chick out there at the time called the Pioneer Woman, and my wife read her blog, <laughs> and I said, "Well, that'll never go. <laughs> right, right, right. That'll never work. She'll no. never give me anything famous. Right. Uh, but my wife said, "You know, you should do it." And uh, it was also my wife and uh, her friend. We were at breakfast one day. She said, you need to give it a, a classy name, you know, something that draws on your southern roots. I said, well, like Sean with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said, no, no. And, and it was my friend, Melissa, who uh, knew that I liked the band Alabama. And she said, well, what about Song of the South, Sean of the South? And mm -hmm. I, uh, Now that's what my wife calls me during arguments. You know, that name stuck. Oh, yeah. So uh, I posted this this first blog. It was about being a fisherman in Indian Pass, Florida, and uh, I won't tell the whole contents of the story, but at the time that I had been fishing, my wife had been ensuring that I eat plenty of fiber. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and she got this box of uh, cereal that you don't, oh, oh, you can only get it uh, at the pharmacy behind the counter. <laughs> I mean, real fiber. <laughs> yeah, it was called Kaboom. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I had a quite a bad accident while I was fishing off Indian Pass, oh, and I man. caught I caught a bull shark. And yeah. uh, this story is what I wrote. I wrote 500 words about it. And uh, the very next day, I went to the grocery store, and I was standing at the meat case. And the woman came up next to me, and she had her cell phone out. And she looked at it, and she looked at me. She looked at the phone. She looked at me. She said, 
are you the fisherman who crapped his pants? <laughs> <laughs> See, well, no wonder people want us to go. We, we, people, people say the same thing to us. And that was the beginning of my career. Well, when you think about the South, I mean, there is a reputation that Southerners are phenomenal storytellers. <laughs> and, and, and you know, so really, yeah, I mean, yeah. all of us, we all grew up, I'm sure, very similar as far as the environment around us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of the greatest stories I ever heard featured an older man whittling, never mm. even looking at me, just yeah. looking at how he's whittling and telling these incredible stories. Yeah. So obviously you were writing, but but you were writing from you had you had you'd established somehow somebody had taught you or you had uh, developed a way to tell stories like most southerners should be able to do yeah i believe storytelling is a cultural uh, yeah. phenomenon that that is disappearing today mm-hmm. i don't hear many young people engaging in the art of storytelling but one generation before us uh, our my generation even uh, still does it and you do it on the porch, and there's only two things that you have to do when you tell a story. It has to be funny, it has to have some sort of comedic value, and it has to be short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and old men know how to do that. Yeah. They all know how to do that. I'm, a, I'm afraid that in the next 20 years, old men won't know how to do it. <laughs> but but I do I do love that. I do love the culture of, of storytelling. But don't you think that, whether you realize or not, that people, even if they're not acknowledging it, that's part of the, the thing that draws an audience to what you're doing. I think yeah. I think there is a yearning for it. I do too. I think uh, the farther into the technological universe that we become, that we get into, I think there's more of a desire to feel the sense of nostalgia that we used to feel as children uh, of sitting on that porch. Or uh, I do a lot of talking about food because food is so. Uh, is is this? We go to these little churches. Sean, we love food. <laughs> this is like a friendship. Can you tell? I'm I'm now going to quote Casablanca. I believe this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> Rick, uh, please don't spook Sean. Okay. You, you've done <laughs> a lot of damage I, lately. I have to warn you, Casa who? Yeah, I have to warn you that I have, and I know it's a flaw. Okay, that if we meet people that that only the show has provided, they really don't want to be around us. They want access to the audience. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. And I have to understand that, and I don't sometimes. I think they really are developing a friendship with me, and I'll try to attach myself to them, and I'll spook them. And uh, you know, well, what it's like hap- scaring a deer out of a yeah, greenfield. What, what, what happened to me and Howie Long a few weeks ago? I'm I'm still looking back, and I thought, <laughs> where did I go wrong? Yeah. You know, I, when he left, well, I, when you bull rushed him, yeah, Rick, when was... he left, I thought he'll be texting me before he even gets to the airport. Yeah, you know, and and, and it didn't happen. And it's so matter of fact, he's changed his number now. But, so. but Bubba's being my friend, saying, please don't come in too hot. With me. <laughs> No matter, he, even though he keeps talking about everything we like, right? And and it, and it sounds like that he could be, you know, on the show, well, that, you know, well, uh, on a reoccurring. Me, let me state clearly and publicly that you haven't scared me yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you know, so when you're talking about you know things like food, and we've noticed that too. You know, when the, it's not about our show, it's about you. But the similarity there is when this show sort of took its turn and started developing an audience is when we realized, why are we trying to do anything other than what's happening on the deck or on the porch of our homes when the family, extended family or friends are together? You know, instead of us trying to write all this, you know, come up with these bits and all this, you're looking around and go, I see people laughing on this deck, like bent over laughing. Yeah, yeah. I see people on this porch bent over laughing. Uh, You know, what are they laughing at? Yeah. 
And what they were laughing at is life. Yeah. They, they were just laughing at hey, – Rick, take, I'd rather you just stay with porch. Don't use deck. Right. Well, that's true. Because people – the generation that got put on decks, they're not near as good as those no, that were raised on no. porch. Yeah, like, deck, decks are built on the back of the house. Right, yeah. James Gregory <laughs> said that. He said he said Opie did not get raised on a deck. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, but you're on the porch. But what we noticed was what had people been over laughing was not the – you know, Rodney Dangerfield kind of write a joke. Yeah. What had people been over laughing was you ain't gonna believe what happened to me at Walmart. Yeah, real life. Yeah. Or, or, I and, said, and it covered a variety yeah. of topics. That's another thing. Like what we enjoy doing is, you know, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's church yeah. issues. There's a little comedy in all of it. Oh, and all it. There was a time when when that was open season. Yeah. And yeah. that that has become an interesting shift in the culture, uh, especially for folks who engage in anything comic. Uh, at least friends of mine, uh, because there are many yeah. things off limits. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Those of us that are in that business. I wouldn't even go to a college campus. Yeah. Well, I, for instance, I used to tell a lot of uh, Yankee Southern jokes. Right. I have some good ones, too. Yeah. Uh, and the temperature just changed. Uh, those aren't as, as easily received. So, really? So, yes. Yeah, so I just I avoid them until if something changes, you know, I'll go back to them. But, Do you, though, just talk more about our culture? Yes. And, and even in Connecticut, I would think our culture to them is, is actually quite intriguing. Well, yeah, and I heard something Andy Griffith say, ironically, a long time ago uh, when they were interviewing him about what he spoke about. And this touched me so, so deeply. He said, uh, they said, well, what do you do? He said, well, what I, they said, you do Southern humor? He said, no, I do rural humor. He said, oh. He said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, rural humor has been around a long time. Yeah. And he said, you can go anywhere and it, it works. And I, it's true. Uh, you know, if I'm speaking in in uh, Texas or if I'm speaking in New York City, somebody has a rural relative who's probably through six degrees, six degrees of separation is related to someone in the south. Yeah. Um, and but, it doesn't matter where you go, like you say, if you get out of the city far enough, somebody's got a car on blocks in their front that's yard. That's it. You that's know, it. everybody. Michigan, Connecticut, yes. wherever. But you're, but you're not. So if you in your live show, which mm-hmm. sadly I have not seen yet, but I will. Well, you, if I can ever get a ticket, I will resolve that. Then <laughs> the friend who was telling me about you, he was trying to find a ticket to one of your shows, and my goodness, they're all well, sold out everywhere. So which, that shows you how hard up people are right but, now. <laughs> well, I do <laughs> think need a break. I think there's something to that. Bub yeah. and I do this. Look, we'll sit here doing this show, and sometimes we'll have days that we'll go. You know, I know these are the headlines of the day. I just can't do this today. Yeah, I, I need a break from all this. Man, yeah. I, I I need for us to just sit around and talk about you know. Do, would you prefer waffles or pancakes? I, and 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 you. But you have to be able to support wine. You know, and 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 you know, like we yesterday we had some heavy stuff going on. But I had the most fun talking about local honey, and and all the all the you know the yeah. the incredible. Uh, you know, uh, things they claim it can do, you know, all right. kinds of things. And to me, that was much more enjoyable than breaking down the latest story of of politics and, you know, how the country's going. I can't imagine having y'all's job. It, I told him before this podcast, I said, we come in every day and I've stopped doing it going, there's nothing that can surprise me now. <laughs> and, right. and then I'll look and I'll see the stories laid out and I'll see the headlines. I go, I stand corrected. Yep, yep, I, yep. I, I did not think I would see that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I think there is a yearning. Oh, definitely. Well, with my so my daily uh, column has been coming out for about ten years now. I've, write, I've written every, about five to eight hundred words every single day, and it started off with purely humor. Purely, uh, that's what I wanted to do, just purely, and it graduated 
into I started writing a little bit about life, but then that graduated into I'm writing about current events, and then that moved into now I'm more in many ways I am kind of journalistic, kind of in the Louis Grizzard vein, I guess. Although I'm not qualified to touch the hem of his underpants, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because of that, I get a lot of messages and expectations uh, to cover uh, current events, right. and there are sometimes when I can't avoid it and I have to, and it is it's a weight. It's a weight on me because uh, I don't want to take a hard stance in any issue because I'm not smart enough. So, right. so it's become quite the dance for me. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Sean Dietrich. Sean of the South, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. So, Bubba, you know, we, we talk about this, and sometimes we get, people get upset with us because we start talking about, look, if you're going to boycott stuff, I don't know where you're going to go because you're going to be inconsistent with some of the countries and, uh, I mean, some of the companies and the state of the country and the pressures of certain wokeness or else you'll, you know, a mob will get after you. But let me tell you this. I have good news. You do have a choice when it comes to your wireless and cell coverage in Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide service on all the three major networks. Now, you're the tech guy so tell everybody what that means that means that you're you're not going to lose anything as far no, as coverage. no you're actually on some of the same circuits that the big boys are on yeah so you get the best possible service in your area without having to deal with the propaganda and things that you just don't feel comfortable with you, you'd rather not be giving money to that so uh, when you switch to patriot mobile you support free speech religious freedom the sanctity of life the second amendment our military veterans and first responder heroes they are a 100 percent u.s-based customer service team making the switching easy and here's what i love about patriot mobile if you don't agree if you switch to them you go eh, this is not a good as good as i wanted it to be then you you know what they'll take care of you switching anywhere you want to go okay that? they'll do that for you so why don't you uh take a look at it right now go to patriotmobile.com that's patriotmobile.com slash rick bubba put our names together no and there patriotmobile.com slash rick bubba when it comes to cell service and wireless you do have a choice sean dietrich our guest on this edition of rick and bubba university the podcast you can go to his website seanofthesouth.com uh, and find out, uh, you know, everything that he is doing. I'm looking at the list. He said, you know, he's a co- he writes columns. He's done novels. Uh, he does commentary on life in the American South, or we should say rural. Uh, he's appeared in Newsweek, Southern Living, the Tallahassee Democrat. They did let you come back. Uh, they did. A Good Grit, uh, which, uh, you know, I'm familiar with that magazine as well, South Magazine, Alabama Living, the Birmingham News. The, the list just goes on and on. And, of course, the blog is where it all started. And I love the way you say blog, too. Blog? Blog. Blog. <laughs> His blog. And, of course, these live shows. I mean, he's coming up next to Lebanon, Tennessee on June the 9th, Knoxville, Tennessee, July the 7th, Chattanooga, Tennessee, on August the 11th, and uh, and you have um, now this says you have a, another novel that's coming out. Is this old bio, or are you talking about November 14th coming up? Uh, new November 14th. So yeah. coming up. So yeah. and it's going to be called Kinfolk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, so, so you got you got a lot going on. Yeah, uh, I do. And there's one in there that I would just mention that you didn't mention. Okay, the Grand Ole Opry. Grand Ole Opry. Right. Yeah, we had that on the show. Uh, Speedy yep. showed us that today. You, but here's what. So it, what will you be doing? Yeah, have there? you already been though? Is you returning? Be my, this has been my second. And that's time. on like June the tenth. Tenth. Yeah. yeah. So this will be your second time. Second time. Yeah, I've been invited back. 
Can, can you, all right, so <laughs> that has to be all. We haven't even unpacked the musical side of you, other than you saying you started out playing music as yeah. a kid. But in when I go see you, I'm going to get you said like yeah. in Connecticut sing-alongs. Yes. What What is the music side of Sean of the same? Well, Hank Senior is a big big staple, uh, but a lot of uh, tunes that that hopefully we all grew up with. Uh, I do a lot of church music because that that's instant nostalgia. Yes, yeah. uh, great connection. Uh, uh, old tunes, faded love. I don't know how to if Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys that kind of stuff. What are you going to sing oh, the Grand Ole Opry? Yeah. Well, the first time I went, I didn't know what I was going to sing, and <laughs> even the day of, I didn't know what I was going to sing. And I got in there, and I wasn't sure. I thought I was just going to play the the, the guitar. And uh, I saw the piano on the stage. I said, oh, y'all have a piano, because that's my earliest instrument. I've been playing that since I was nine years old. Oh. And uh, they said, yeah, well, Ronnie Millsap's going to be here tonight, tomorrow night. And I said, well, then I'm fixing to warm up that piano for him. <laughs> and I did. I played a tune on the piano. What I did was I opened with Hey, Good Looking, because I stood in that oh, circle. Oh, classic. And I thought, I'm not going to, I got to stand on this circle of wood right here where Hey, Good Looking was debuted, and I got to sing that wow. for my mother, because she was in the audience. Wow. Uh, and then I sang... Uh, uh, in the garden, he went, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. Mm. Uh, and uh, I listened, and the entire, the entire uh, Opry House was singing with me. How, they were almost. How singing. did that feel, Sean? Well, it just made the hair on the back of my legs stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a hairy fellow, so that's a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Then I went to the piano. I played uh, "His Eyes on the Sparrow" and "I'll Fly Away," and. Uh, it was such a beautiful night. I cried on stage as soon as I got out there and doubled over crying. And uh, as they were, you know, applauding, uh, I, tears are falling on that little round wooden circle. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it was surreal. And I told myself in, uh, internally, you got to suck it up, big boy, because yeah. <laughs> you are here to do a job and you can't just cry on the stage. And somehow I <laughs> got it all. So so here here's the thing. So sometimes you, you, you're so want to do a good job, whatever, so many times if you get opportunities and whatever they may be, this is a biggie, Yeah, the rush of it, you go, I wish I'd have stopped and taken in the moment. Well, you definitely did. <sighs> well. And, and looking back, you go, maybe I shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> you know, but, but, but. You, well, it was honest. I, I, when I think back about it, you know, that was really how I was feeling because the people who had come there to support me, they'd come from just about every state in the union. My, they're readers of mine. And I could not get over the humbling feeling yeah. of of these people who had nothing that they were they were kind enough to 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 fly or drive and make it all the way there. It it broke me. It broke me. And afterward, we my wife and I threw a huge after party, and uh, we had a we shut the place down. This place that we rented it was huge. And I looked out at everybody and I said from the microphone. I said, I'm going to hug everybody. I'm going to be the last one to leave here tonight. I want to thank every single person uh, who came here. And we did. We were, we left there around 530 <laughs> in the morning. Oh, wow. And I hugged. That's a tremendous amount of hugging. Yeah, That's I, a lot of hugs. My suit was so sweaty and gross when it was done. It could have stood <laughs> up Make up all own. over you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they locked it enough to invite you back. How about that? Well, Something you and I rarely <laughs> encounter. Yeah, we just. <laughs> yeah. It was it was uh, it was the biggest best night of my life. When I was a kid, uh, my daddy built the Spring Hill uh, GM plant. He was an iron worker on that, and we lived in Tennessee for a short jaunt. And he would take me to the Grand Ole Opry, 
and I watched Jerry Clower grace mm-hmm. that stage. Oh, and wow. I, I looked at my mother and my father, and my mother says this, at least she said that night. She said, you looked at us and said, one day I would like to do that. Oh, you did say that and as a little boy? about right. five years old, and she said as a as two parents, <clears throat> they looked at me and said, you know, every parent says, sure, yeah, you can do that. Sure. And she said she sat intentionally she got tickets in the same section that we sat at when i was a five-year-old oh, now you make soccer now we're all going down <laughs> yeah. i mean but Sorry. what that's a just touching moment. is when i saw boxcar willie there and then saw him at shoney's afterwards <laughs> it's not quite the same but i will tell you but right not there yeah, at the buffet yeah but just think about that and i guess when you stood on that circle all of that oh you know it, it, it was it, all falling on me it was a uh, it was the the uh, culmination of an entire lifetime because uh, there was so much involved in it. Uh, the death of my father, yeah. the rough childhood that I had, uh, the the way that I grew up feeling. I've always felt less than everybody else. I've never felt uh, equal. Uh, I walk into any room and I've always felt less than everybody else. Uh, and my mother was always the one to say, you're not below anybody. Right. You're not above anybody, but you're not below anybody. Right. You're right equal. But it's taken me forever to feel uh, that and that night i felt equal amen with everybody yeah we'll come back we'll finish our conversation uh with sean of the south on this edition of rick and bubba university the podcast all right so let's just call it uh, a lot of times when we're trying to you know do landscaping around our home and it doesn't go well and uh, and 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 fastgrowingtrees.com is here to help us have more success, breathe some life into your own backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com. The spring is here. The beauty is here. And if you're like a lot of us, I know we're experiencing it here in the deep south, that Arctic blast really killed a lot of stuff. Some of it's not coming back. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Some of it's yeah. not coming back. Dead as a wedge. And so you may need to replace some of that, but now you're like, oh, no, I, I want to be sure that the trees and the plants do well. Well, then go to fastgrowingtrees.com. And they've got uh, shade if you need that. They've got fresh fruit if you need that. Maybe you need more privacy, just natural beauty. Let FastGrowingTrees.com help plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. Okay, they're, they're experts. They, they, they give you thousands of easy-to-grow plant and shrub and tree varieties for your unique climate. See, that's key. You don't disorder anything. I mean, where you're living is going to have a lot to do with it. You got to know the climate. Their experts do. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if you'd like to do the Meyer lemons or to, to evergreens or everything in between, they can help you. Uh, and if you're like us, we love the idea of plants, but many times we don't have the expertise for the plants to flourish. Well, with fastgrowingtrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines. No more hauling heavy plants around. Fastgrowingtrees.com, your order is done online, and your plants will arrive at your door in just a few days. We love fast-growing trees with the the trees and plants we lost after the Arctic blast down south. They have given us great plants that are doing outstanding, so we are enjoying the beauty of this spring. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba and get 15% off your entire order. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. Sean Dietrich, our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, Sean of the South, and boy, hearing your incredible story, Sean. That's cool. 
Well, I'm sorry if it's a downer. It's no, a downer. no, no, it's very cool. It's, it's very cool. I and you got a rocking beer, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. my wife says I'm like a walking Persian rug. Yeah, <laughs> that beard. That is know, a thick beard. I have, uh, my beard is, is intimidated by your beard. I mean, <laughs> that, I'll tell you one thing. You I won't must, even try that. I, I'll tell you what doesn't feel less in a room, and that's your beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it has, I mean, that it, beard it, takes it, a back it, seat to nobody. If you watch. It's been standing in the circle for a while. Yeah, it has. Yeah, so 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 would you start shaving when you were eleven? I mean, right after I was old enough to change my own diaper. <laughs> right. uh, but that, have you always had a thick beard, or is that something yeah, that came I in later? Have, truly, I, I have had a beard since I was my seventeenth birthday is when I started growing it. I've never shaved. I've never shaved it off. My wife would not; she'd kill me if I shaved it off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I shaved mine one time, and and you know we all you, know, you ever done something that everybody thinks is a good idea, and I walked in the room, and wa- my wife said, "Can you put it back on?" And I'm like, "Well, no, not now, now, now." And, you know, and unlike you, it's going to take me some time to get back there. All she, I have to do is this. She said, "I look like a piece of chicken after you t- pull the feathers off of it." <laughs> well, I have that CPAP machine, so I can't have anything yeah. that doesn't oh, you know yeah. it gets the air locked. Oh, he could never up, have a CPAP. No, no, I can't. No. When I eat pizza, I taste it for five days after. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then you started going on the road yeah and i mean and yeah. and so when when i go to a sean of the south show i'm in my seats i'm ready yeah you know you're doing really cool theaters which is you know, yeah. all these incredible rooms what what do i get are, are you do you walk out and then you you usually open with some music what's my combination of all this uh well i shoot from the hip uh, yeah so well, i, 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 I never like know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> uh sometimes we'll have a bluegrass band open for 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 me and i'll play a few with them or mm-hmm. sometimes i'll come out and i'll just start the one-man train wreck right out, out the gate right I'll, out the gate i'll sing a song uh, I'll tell a few. It's primarily com- comic. It's not comic. That's a bad word. It's humor. Yeah. Yeah. Rule. Rule. That's a tough rule. One. Maybe we should say Southern. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rule humor. Uh, pr- Contiguous. Yeah. It, <laughs> okay. That's a word I had to learn today. Contiguous. That, you know that means the lower 48. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, go ahead. I wish I just said lower 48. I do too. Well, I'm going to have to find three ways to work that into a sentence. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I tried today to work it into a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, and so it's just, uh, I go for about an hour and 30 minutes, uh, that unless I'm in a particularly good mood, and I'll go for two hours. And, yeah. Until these people are just standing in their seats, racing for the exits. <laughs> right. And uh, then the big feature of our, all the shows that we do is the hugs afterwards. We do a meet and greet. Uh, so you're still you're hugging. You're going on the road to hug. I have hugged. I would estimate, uh, and this is a true estimation, uh, fourteen gazillion people. Yeah, I'm a big hugger. I yeah. love hugging. Yeah, he does love to hug. So does that explain why we had We've a had to watch it in the workplace so you can get right. filed. It's a new things day. Things will be filed it's against a new you day. because of that. That's why we they have. They have to want to hug back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bubba, that's why somebody sent me a picture of Dr. Fauci tackling Sean. <laughs> you know, the uh, so so let's, let's, let's go there, though. Yeah. The pandemic. Oh, well, the night of the pandemic, the night the pandemic happened, we were on a 21 city book tour yeah. and it was my, yeah. it was, it was a book about my life. So that, that's a really hard one to. And what's the name of it? That's Will the Circle Being Broken. Oh, okay. That's a really hard one to promote when it's about your life. But the book itself. I know, it feels weird, doesn't it? The, it, it yeah. Well, because, you know, some of it wasn't pretty, but the book itself was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be funny, even though I dealt with some rough issues. It was yeah. all supposed to be humorous. So we had been to, I can't remember how many cities, but we were in Huntsville the night before and. There were 600 people there for this to support me, and I hugged every single one of them, and it was a long night. Then I got back to the hotel room, 
and there was a talking head on the screen on the TV. And my wife said, you got to hear this. And it said, whatever you do, don't hug anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at my clothes. It took six weeks to wash myself, clean in the shower. And then it was just a, uh, our tour was canceled. And uh, then it was, we were landlocked. Uh, yeah. Everything was, can- gigs were canceled, shows oh, yeah. were canceled. Oh, we yeah. were, for two years, we were. I know. It was really rough as an, as a, uh, in, to be an, an entertainer and, and to go through it. Um, I'm not complaining. People had it worse than I did. Uh, but uh, that was quite a time. And then uh, it when I finally, when we finally came back, I had a show in the little tiny town of Milton, Florida, mm-hmm. little opera house there about the size of a walk-in closet, really, <laughs> really little thing. And uh, it sold out in a couple of seconds because people are starving. Desperate. They yeah, are desperate. They want to get out. I was nervous, and I don't ever get nervous before I get on stage. I was nervous the night before. Didn't sleep because I was I, – I, I, can I still do this? Do I know how to do this anymore? You really were out how of the good did it, How years. good did it feel when you hit that stage, oh, the lights oh. come on, and the applause was there? Let me tell you, it was it was uh, euphoria. It was yeah. it was almost – I could use a dirty word to describe it. It was just right. beautiful to, mm-hmm. to see all these people and all of us in one room together breathing the same air again. It was yeah. nice. And, and I think people were – I think there was a – so, and now we're finding out a lot of it was unnecessary – is that the damage that it's done to people's psyches? No kidding. Uh, and and I think they are desperate to come out to something. I'm desperate. Like, yeah, me too. And and you know to get out there and uh, and grip and grin and and, the hugging, and and talk to people and converse. And I don't want to see you on my uh, computer or my phone. I want to see you in person. <laughs> the hugging that has ensued at these shows afterwards. Sometimes we'll be there for three and a half, four hours hugging people, and it it. Is it feels good? Can you I, know it, it's amazing yeah. because I, I think it did make us realize what social Absolutely. animals we are. Absolutely, you know? right. uh, we, we kind of took it for granted, never thought or had to feel what it was like without it. But even you know being boxed up with your family, uh, it just felt different. Yeah. You know because you you oh, didn't get to interact with it. Yeah, I don't want to spend that long with my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we learned a lot about each other. Look, this is and I give my wife total credit for this line, and it was a fantastic line. She looked at me and said. Don't take this the wrong way, but I miss missing you. <laughs> and I thought like that a was song. a great. I thought it was a great I'm a, line. I'm gonna steal yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a great line. Uh, but can I just prepare you for something? Sure. And I know we're running out of time. Yeah. So Nate Bartletsky, you're familiar with Nate, the the comedian. He's, I, I've heard he, that he, name. He's, yes. he's we you know he's a clean, oh, sure. funny, hilarious guy. Are you saying his last name right? right? I don't know. It's Bargatze. Yeah, Bar- okay. Well, Sean didn't know. Uh, Why yeah. y'all have to grab me? Sean doesn't. <laughs> well, everybody, know. everybody listening. I was impressed. Whatever this guy's name is, the Tennessee me. kid, right? I'm preparing you for this commitment to hug people. Okay. So he he had a little rise that's very similar to to what's going on with you. Yeah. And before you know it, the the one thousand seat. Theaters turned into you know the ten to twelve thousand seat arenas. Mm. That's going to be a lot of hugging. Yeah, that, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, can you commit to that <laughs> kind of hugging? Rick, I mean, he, he we saw him his uh, last performance. We saw was at uh, was it at Nissan Bridgestone? I know Bridgestone. In, in Atlanta. Yeah, it was, mercy. And they put him in the middle and sold the whole thing out. Well, I that's think a I've lot got of, an answer. I think I've got an answer. Yeah, I'll yeah. just never get that. Bitch. There you go. Well, here's the thing: Are you going to have to start on Tuesday night for a Saturday show? <laughs> right. You know, it's the only way you work through. No, that. and but you, what you're speaking to is, and I, I know Bubba and I both have this. All the guys on the show is, I think we don't ever need to lose the gratitude of the people that 
that go through like inconvenience and yeah. have to make effort yeah. to even care well, that, I, what, that what we, we, we're we bringing out there, like you say, almost like going, does anybody care about this? Right. And all of a sudden, people are like, tell you what, we care about it, yeah. and we appreciate you doing it, and we're get, we're benefiting from it, and we want you to know that we appreciate it. And, and I want that, them to know that I appreciate it. you got, you got know, to give it yeah. back. Yeah. And, and once you stop doing that is when I think God says, okay, well, then I guess you're done with this now. Well, and I, I don't uh, – <clears throat> I like small things. I, we like – sometimes if I have a choice between a big event or a small event, we choose the small one yeah. because it feels so good. Yeah. And there's not as many people to hug. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's good. And there's usually a potluck involved. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I bet you do get a lot of cakes and oh, pies man. and cornbread. We, and... Had, we had to judge a pound cake contest recently in Monroeville, Alabama. How do you judge that? They're all winners. They're right? all good. If you don't have type 2 diabetes by the time you're done, <laughs> right. did you even try? No. Because <laughs> wow. we also in the South, we're not just great storytellers. We have the best food. Oh, man. Oh, man. But the thing that's saddest is even in the South, and this is where this is my public service announcement, quit getting your fried chicken from Publix. <laughs> I love Publix fried chicken as much as anybody else. I hope they're not a sponsor of this show. Well, they were. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. Go that's right. right. We'll bleep it out. No, I know what you. I, no, I, I know you're right. What you're saying is a public service announcement. <laughs> they, uh, the the uh, the little churches these days were used to. Oh, Eula May God. and Sister oh, Verna yeah. would oh, yeah. have the real fried chicken. Today oh. they're getting it from Winn Dixie. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sorry. I hope Win Dixie didn't sponsor this show either. No, you know one of the did. great inventions <laughs> in my lifetime was extra crispy. Oh man, you know I, I, I really, I, 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 when I heard about that rumor, I thought that can't be true. That can't be true. How can it get any more crispy? <laughs> I go, this is great. I mean, it's basically crust with a little bit of meat in the middle. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's a good part anyway. Amen. Well, Sean, what a pleasure. This has been a blast. Oh, this Thank has been you. a blast. And for I, me. I hope it's the beginning, as I said earlier, of, of a great yeah, friendship. Please come back. Don't let Rick scare you. Yes, right. I'm going to lay off, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to call you for a few days. <laughs> Okay, and, and no, it's a, Brad will tell you, I won't smother you, Rick. Will. Yeah, I will. Of all the gin joints in all the world, you're going to walk into mine. <laughs> Trust me, I don't like a lot of people, but when I do. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Sean, thank you for being with us. Seanofthesouth.com for everything about Sean Dietrich, and, uh, and we thank you for being with us. Thank and we you. thank all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash rickandbubba.